because uh, you'll, need, you'll need a Bible today. Um, I'm going to talk about communion again, and I'm going to back, talk about communion as a sacrament, which is a very churchy word. Sacraments, anybody know what that means or what it's connected with? Um, I'm, or have any connections? To, or maybe we should do word association. If I say sacrament, what, what does that conjure up in your mind or, or in your associations? Communion. Uh, communion, okay, right, yes. It conjures up a puzzled look on Daniel's hey, face. I'm, I'm trying to find the words. Is it something that you sacrifice? Oh, okay. Uh, that was a question. Oh, that's a question. Could be <laughs> something connected with sacrifice. All right. Anything else? Speaking as a former Catholic, sacraments, yeah. it was seven sacraments uh-huh. go through life. Like, yeah. You know, start with baptism yeah. and with extremunction. That's What's that? Extremunction. Excuse me. Yeah. <laughs> well, let's just get yourself a Catholic Bible. <laughs> now, this, this, uh, I can't. I shouldn't. No, you, you're right. So you've got baptism, marriage. Baptism, confirmation. No, baptism, first communion, confirmation, marriage. Something, something, extra function. Yes. <laughs> there we go. There's probably a rhyme. There's probably a Catholic song that goes with it. Yeah. A holy ceremony. A holy ceremony. Okay. Joe, go for it. In the Christian church, a religious ceremonial ritual regarded as, um, yeah, well, something like that. Anyway, it goes on for ages. <laughs> <laughs> okay, you Google it and then you read it and you get bored and then you think, oh, I still don't know what that means. <laughs> well, then I realise underneath it says in a Roman Catholic church and in this church and in this yeah, church. Yeah, oh, yeah. Um, and so, potential minefield, Richard is, a can of worms, Richard has opened straight away. Well, I mean, it does say something about Hang on, Brian is going to say something. <laughs> Yeah, there's yeah. Like sacrifice, kind of all of that. I think of somebody in robes at the front. Yes. If I'm honest. Yeah. Getting ready to give the sacrament or something. Yeah. Okay. Like, is it something to do with pens as well? Could be. Yeah, it says that in the <laughs> so okay let's let's we'll, we'll wrap all that so we'll hold those thoughts if you'd like to turn to psalm 36 um we're going to just do a little warm-up you're going to be involved today sorry um we're going to do a little warm-up exercise psalm 36 verses 5 to 9 which i'll read to you and you need to split up in groups as well we're going to do some oh yeah yeah um <coughs> The kids are going to, it's just, this is so much more fun than the kids. We're going to be just like, if they want to come and, and join us next week. Um, so this, I'll read to you Psalm 36, verses 5 to 9, um, which says this. Your love, Lord, reaches to the heavens, your faithfulness to the skies. Your righteousness is like the highest mountains, your justice like the great deep. You, Lord, preserve both people and animals. How priceless is your unfailing love, O God. People take refuge in the shadow of your wings. They feast on the abundance of your house, and you give them drink from the river of delights. For with you is the fountain of life, and in your light we see light. So in this psalm, and you'll see hopefully in a minute while I tie all this together, you'll see 
The psalmist, the, guy, the person who wrote this, has used natural and physical things in the world to describe God and his attributes. Yeah? So I want you to get together. Maybe we'll do this, I don't know, two, three. Let's do three groups. Let's have a group at the back, a group on this side and a group here. So you're going to have to just come in. And so maybe the group here on this side, maybe you can take the first verses five and six. Actually, we'll just have two, two groups, left and right. We'll do this. Just get, get together and talk about group, uh, verses five and six, and you guys can do seven, eight, and nine. And just for two minutes, and, and, it, and it's not a trick question here, these things, what do they, how do they conjure up the, your emotions and your feelings, your, your own experiences of life, um, your, the realities that these things conjure up? Just get together and talk about those things, and we'll come feedback. So that's... So this side here, on, on, my, on, on the right-hand side of the room, are doing stuff about reaching to the heavens, highest mountains, great deep, all that kind of stuff. You guys here are talking about shadow of wings and the abundance of the house and fountain of life and that kind of thing. What is, just brain... And, and so the, the references are to heavens and skies make sense of that. Yeah, absolutely. Great. Okay, well, thank you. Why have I done all that? Well... Um, these things you've just been talking about. So we've been talking about what uh, food and drink uh, that Wendy picked up on and fountains that Louise talked about. We've been talking about skies, mountains, great deeps. If you read the Psalms, you find, in fact, we sang a few of these things. God is my shield. There's another sort of connection. um, God is my rock, my shelter, my strong tower. Those ideas in the Psalms are pointing to a way, a, 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 world, a way of looking at the world which we call sacramental, in the sense that, that the idea of sacramental is that God is, shows himself and reveals himself to us through the real world, natural things, things we can touch, we can feel, we can smell. The invisible God is seen in the visible uh, things around us. Not that God is those things. God is not the sky, because some people would worship the sun or whatever, the moon, whatever, that kind of thing. But God is seen, the characteristics of God can be seen in these things. And he uses these things to, to reveal himself. And so that's why when you read the Psalms, they're talking about this stuff all the time, because that's in their mindset all the time. Like, and when, God, when they would see a mountain and say, God is like my rock or it's like a comparing God there, but sometimes actually they've hidden in a cave there and literally this is God to me today. You know, this is God's ministry to me today is that he's protecting me from the wind and the rain under the shelter of this rock. And so God is my rock. This is, this is God to me today. Does that make sense? It's not, I'm not saying that this is God, but to, this is how he's ministered himself to me. So that's how they would have written and we live in such a different world now. We kind of miss all of that stuff. So, and we struggle. And, and part of that, Because now we live in a world, um, if you know your history, there was the Reformation in the 16th century, which reformed the church. And then there was the Enlightenment, where people's thinking became a lot more scientific and a lot more rational. Um, And before that, people would look at the world like I've just described. But then now, things are, you have to, it has to make scientific sense. Otherwise, it doesn't exist, even, you know. Um, Now... I'm not going to try and say that those two things, either of those things is wrong, but I think science would try and say that anything else is wrong. 
But actually, I think you can hold those two things together. There's no reason why those two things can't work together. And that's why the Psalms are filled with describing God in terms of mountains, skies, wings, fountains, rocks, towers, all that kind of stuff. And also, which is why bread and wine can be used initially in the Passover story to tell the story of the Passover, the Exodus, and then Jesus retells that story um, in remembering something of him where he ministers to us through physical things. So I'm going to get a little bit sort of, hopefully not too technical, but um, just to understand this idea of of looking at things um, in a sacramental way. Um, So I've gone way off my notes here. So, so let me just talk about the, the influence. So the influence of, of, of those changes in history, uh, the changes of thinking. Um, he, there was the thing called the, the Reformation. I won't go into the whole history of the church now. But in the Reformation, you probably know that the, the Protestant church emerged as a split from the Catholic church. And um, in doing that, there was a lot of sort of thinking going, well, what is going on in communion was one of the sort of big debates. And... Um, the, the Catholic idea, you've probably heard of, well, Reg will tell you, about transubstantiation. You don't have to look that one up or to explain that. This meaning that in, in the Catholic Church, when they take communion, uh, there's an understanding that the, the wine and the bread literally become the body and blood of Christ, that this is his actual body and blood. And that's called transubstantiation. That, that, idea is called transubstantiation and um, in the Protestant church they wanted to distance themselves from the Catholic church so there was kind of a variety of different ways of looking at how um, uh, these elements how Jesus is present to us and ministered to us through these real things but not like that (laughs) not like the Catholic way Um, so within the Protestant tradition of which we are a part by the way if you didn't know that we are a Protestant church we're not Catholic we're not orthodox. Um, there's a ver- variety of ways of understanding the, the, the bread and the wine in terms of how it is Jesus' body. And, and there are some that would say, um, yes, this is the real presence of Jesus. Um, Martin Luther, John Calvin, they both said that. So they're Protestants. But more influential was a guy called Zwengli. You all heard of him? <coughs> Yeah, 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 yeah. No. Thank you for being honest. And he was actually most influential on, on a lot of, on, on a lot of our, our way of church. And he said, no, this is not, um, Jesus isn't, this is merely a symbol. This is merely a picture of Jesus. So um, there's no, no actual presence of Jesus when we, when we have communion. It's just a, a sort of like, almost like a picture on a wall or an image that has a, a symbolic meaning, yes, but there is no real presence in it. And that takes us away from the idea of sacrament, the idea that actually God ministers to us in real things and his presence is found in real things here. So I just want to give you that kind of like bit of history lesson there just to think, well, okay, well, what do we think? You know, well, not, not what, do, what do we believe as a church, but let's just sort of explore this. So I'm going to read to you, and we, we've read this several times, so you don't have to turn there, but Matthew 26, Jesus says, while they were eating, Jesus took the bread, and when he'd given thanks, he broke it and he gave it to his disciples saying, take and eat, this is my body. Then he took a cup 
And when he had given thanks, he gave it to them saying, drink it, drink from it, all of you. Now, if you go back and think about this idea of the sacramental world, where God ministers himself through physical things, maybe even those sentences will straight away just make a little bit more sense. Jesus is saying, this is my body, and you can think, oh, okay, right. But when he says, take this and eat it, take this and drink from it, does that sound like symbolic, a symbolic understanding of something? Because if it was a symbol, we could maybe say, well, here's the cup, Here's the bread, let's look at it. Because that's what you would do with a picture, right? You would kind of look at it. You know, Wendy paints from time to time, but I I don't suppose she ever climbs into her picture and starts to sort of (laughs) become part of the things that she's painted. No, she paints something and we look at it as a representation of something. It's not something that we do anything else with other than look at. So if this is just a symbolic thing we're talking about, we would just look at it or think about it, right? But Jesus says... Take it, eat it, drink it. So he wants us to do something physical with this, which I think means it's more than just a symbol. There's something else. In fact, you were saying, Wendy, weren't you, you know, that God is like food and drink uh, in, in that psalm, and, and there's a, something that food and drink does something inside us. So I think there's something here where when we share this meal together, we're doing more than just appreciating it as a symbol. And in fact, if you think about Jesus himself, he was fully human, fully divine. He was God in the flesh. God, we call it God incarnate. God come to us in flesh and blood. Real human form. He wasn't just a picture of God. Because the disciples, they grabbed a hold of him and and felt him touching in fact remember what we said in john when he wrote his letter he says that was which was from the beginning which we have heard which we have seen with our eyes which we have looked upon and our hands have touched john says there was something important about jesus being here in the flesh not just an image of god not just like a hologram of god uh, or like some kind of uh, ghost almost Jesus came in the flesh and blood and revealed God to us in a very real and present way. And so if Jesus comes to us like that and says, this is my body, this is my blood, do this, drink this, eat this, I think there's something more here than just thinking about this as a picture. And I think if you go to a lot of churches, sometimes that's all it is. It's just a picture. But... I think mysteriously, somehow, as we share this drink, we can taste something. We can know some kind of nourishment. We know that from that, God feeds us on himself. God is present to us. God is real. God is tangible. Now, how that happens is a bit of a mystery. <laughs> you know, and this is something that the people of theologians have wrestled with over the years. You know, it is... Is it, you know, as the Catholics would say, this, is this really his body and blood? And, and, and yes or no. Is it possible that by his spirit, and I think this is more the case, by his spirit, he is with us as we share this meal? Yes, I think so. Is there something important in actually taking this? Yes, I think so. Because it is a physical thing where Jesus ministers to us in a physical way. I'll read to you from 1 Corinthians. It says which describes this in a very physical way. I speak to you, I like this, I speak to sensible people. 
Paul says. Sometimes people think the Bible isn't full of humour, but I think sometimes it is. It's like, oh, is he talking to us? I speak to sensible people. Judge for yourselves what I say. Is not the cup of thanksgiving for which we are giving thanks a participation in the blood of Christ? Is not the bread that we break a participation in the body of Christ? Because there is one loaf. We who are many are one body, for we all share in the one loaf. Consider the people of Israel. Do not those who eat the sacrifices participate in the altar? So Jesus is saying, no, Paul is saying there, that if we eat this, we're participating. We're taking part in something very physical, very tangible. It's a participation, he says, in Jesus' blood. It's a participation in Jesus' body. This is not just a symbol, this is a reality. And I think, I think we understand that because when we get together and we do it and we look around the room, we realise, oh, we're here together. We're doing this together. There's something happening here. We are with Christ. Because why else would we be here? Look around. <laughs> why else would you be with these people if it wasn't for Christ? Somebody said, uh, it was Lisa who visited um, the Sapphire group earlier in, in the week. She said it's just so beautiful how such a variety of people come together around Christ. She said that to her message and I think that's what communion shares with us. So I think this is something more than symbol. I think this is something sacramental. Meaning that God ministers himself, his real presence to us in physical things. And like I say, that's a bit of a mystery. I think we need to ask the Holy Spirit to come and help us with that. But I think if we want to grow in this and appreciate it, because I don't think for one minute, if we'd never thought about this, that now we take communion, we go, oh yeah, I get it. I think let us grow in appreciating this by, as we're out walking, let us develop our sacramental senses. And when we see a tree, and this has happened to me several times, in fact, when I've been out praying and then it starts raining, so I go and stand underneath a tree. And I thank God for the protection of a tree from the rain. God is ministering to me through this tree. So as we develop those senses, then we can maybe appreciate, as we take communion a little bit more, that God speaks to us and ministers himself to us through physical things. And as we're out... uh, and we see the blue sky, which we're not going to see much of today by the looks of things. Maybe breakthrough, I don't know. We'll, we'll come back to some of the things that we were saying. It's like, yeah, this just goes on. And, and, and Bakuni was saying, it just goes on and on and on. Or maybe the next time we are just gasping for a drink and somebody gives us a cup of tea, if you're that way inclined, or a Coke, if you're that way inclined, or just a glass of ice water if it's in the summer, and you just gulp it down and you know that refreshment and you come back to what Wendy was saying, that God refreshes us like this drink. Or when you're that thirsty, as Louise said, God is actually ministering himself through my thirst because it's a real thing. It's a tangible thing. And as we develop those things, then as we come to share the bread and the cup together, we will know God speaks to us through these real things. So I hope that's maybe started to unpick some of the mystery of sacrament. And coming back to some of the things, so Reg said, so the idea of baptism is a physical thing that we do. It's not just a sign. There's power in that baptism. It's a physical thing where through the water, we, we, we know God's new life and new birth. And the same in burial, actually. Uh, which I think is that, what did you call that word? Extreme unction. Extreme unction. I'm, I'm presuming that's burial, but maybe not. I don't know. No, it's the anointment. Oh. Someone is, someone is dying. Oh, okay. So it's, an, it's anointing. So again, through, through oil. 
Um, God, uh, I've never heard it before either, Joe. But so through oil, uh, God ministers himself in, in a, through a physical thing in a, in, in a real way. So I challenge us all to, when we're out about, to practice looking at the world sacramentally. And then as we come to share communion, we will understand this in a deeper way. I hope that makes sense. I was just wondering if, if just before we, we share together, if there's anyone has any questions or any observations, uh, thoughts, even today or the, the last few weeks. If not, we'll, we'll jump in.